Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast, February 1st edition. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. I was at the Royal Rumble, Evolve, NXT this weekend. Uh, We've had a major injury on WWE TV. Got some stuff to shill. James Elworth got injured? He might have. Did you (laughs) see that bump he took at the Rumble? It was. We'll get to it. That was awful. That was awful. Disgusting. Obviously, the first thing we get to, the big news. Visit Fightful.com for all of your wrestling, MMA, and boxing news. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Register, and you'll get early access to shows from Shane Helms and Matt Riddle, as well as access to uh, podcasts with UFC stars like Elias Theodoru and Sean Pearson, and, of course, Showdown Joe. This week's topic on the Shane Helms Show, we just filmed it, covers the original brand extension. We talk about the WWF or WWE drafts. How he thought that a shot at WCW was taken because of one of the trades. His feelings going to SmackDown, going to ECW. If people had a problem with where they were going. Um, It was a very interesting podcast. And as always, head over to those forums, register, and send in some topics you'd like for us to talk about on any show. Jimmy, Seth Rollins got hurt. Yep. And a lot, I mean, it's all I've been hearing about this morning. I've been trying to figure out what I can. Uh, what I can tell you is nobody that I have ever known in my life goes to Birmingham, Alabama for fun. Yeah, I, I watched back that clip when uh, he was in the sleeper and you could see – Heartbreaking, him, right? Heartbreaking, the conversation yeah, the, you see them have. The way he twisted to the ground and the way that his knee leg kind of ended up underneath Joe, you know, when they fell, it didn't look very good. And uh, I really feel for Seth Rollins. I mean, fortunately, he's still a young guy. He's got a lot of years left in him, but he already missed Mania last year. Looks like he might miss it this year. We know that that's the biggest payday of the year for these guys. Plus, if that's not enough of a, of a shit kicking, they took him off the Rumble for storyline reasons, which is probably... Imagine just, they would have had him win it, though. Oh, that, I mean, that would have been even more horrible. But uh, I feel, I mean, he's, he's essentially lost out on three massive paydays uh, in the last year. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, but again, he is young enough that he'll come back stronger. And if there's any silver lining to this, assuming that he is out for any period of time, uh, I think that they have handled him terribly since he came back from the injury before. Now he'll get a little bit of a reboot. Uh, and so that's the good news. It's a shame because I think that he could have been a really good anti-establishment baby face like, because he's not the top guy. Like You mm-hmm. can't do that with Roman Reigns. And if I were him, I would have incorporated that into this, like say things like, well, you all see Triple H as the savior because of NXT, but he's the guy that keeps giving Roman Reigns chances. He's the guy that let Roman Reigns in the ring with him at WrestleMania. If he didn't really like this guy, 
he wouldn't let him be anywhere near near uh, the ring at WrestleMania. Now, I don't know if you all saw that. That did you see the conversation that they had on the ground? It was heartbreaking. Yeah, you you could I I couldn't make it anything they said, but you could you could so, definitely tell that they were talking. Samoa Joe said, "Are you okay?" And Seth Rollins says, "I hope so." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's unfortunate. I guess we're going to know later this week how it's looking. Doesn't look too good. I want to talk to you about uh, your weekend a little bit. I want yeah. to talk to you. I want to talk to you about San Antonio. Uh, yeah. Because so just so everybody knows, uh, Sean told me that San Antonio was was not very fun outside of the wrestling True. shows that you did. The first question I have for you is, did you see during the Rumble they showed us a shot of San Antonio and it looked like there was a canal and there were bars and restaurants on both sides? Did you go that's there? The, that's the River Walk. Yes, I did. Because that looked awesome. Okay, and that, that's the only thing that I thought was awesome. Did you go to Alberto Del Rio's restaurant? I did not. Oh, you should have. Well, I had, I had about 432,000 Mexican restaurants to choose from. That's what I loved. I love the diversity. We don't have diversity here. Well, okay, I won't say diversity because it's a predominantly Hispanic area. Like I would say eight or nine out of ten people I ran into were Hispanic. And, hey, we don't have very many Hispanic people here. If What's going on over there? Uh, I'm in Toronto, and uh, things do happen occasionally here. So uh, Sirens. Yeah, there's probably a fire. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you about was Matt Riddle. You got Great. to meet Matt Riddle. I did. How come you didn't take him out and, and buy some beers with him and all that? Well, because I didn't get in until late Friday night. Uh, my plane was delayed by several hours. By the time I got in, I had been on a plane for, I think, nine or ten hours. Planes and yeah. layovers and all that. and That is message. a long time. Yeah, so, and, so you were supposed to go to Houston, and in your own words, the shitter broke. Yeah, the, the toilet on the plane broke, Yeah, and they sent us to Birmingham, which I can confirm there was nothing fun in Birmingham. Right. Then to Houston, then to San Antonio, then there was a mess with the rental, and by the time I got in, it was like 11, 11.30, and that's local time. So for me, it's about 12.30. Uh, I was tired. I went to bed, but uh, yeah, we hung out at Evolve. It was really impressive to see that. Matt watches everybody's match. Right, which is great. He does. And like we sat there and we talked and he's he's so personable and I mean we watched Chris Hero's last match together, which a very interesting shot at the WWE in that match. Chris Hero pedigrees Zack Saber. And Zack Saber kicks out at one. Right. Right. I like that. But uh Matt's match was incredible to watch. I don't know if you saw the YouTube clip that I posted on our Fightful YouTube. I did. I saw it, and uh, it reminded me a little bit of the Roman uh, Kevin spot from the Rumble match. Yeah, interesting, huh? Yeah, that was interesting. How was it was... hanging out with Matt, and you gave him a T-shirt, and he wore the T-shirt? How was all that? Because you guys talk every week, but you'd never met before. It was it was really cool, actually. Matt's a, a really cool dude. Um, I he was he had a long line at his merch table, so I kind of just went over and dropped the shirt off, and he was like, "Okay, I'll talk to you here in a little bit." and I, just, I didn't even know if he saw that I dropped the shirt off. Then he wore it out there. Awesome. That made me very happy. Made me very, very happy. Um, awesome. Because I saw the dude in about four different changes of clothes that day uh, just at that event. So who the hell knew what he was going to wear out there? Yeah. And then uh, I went over, talked to him. Uh, we recorded a little video. Wish we had more time. We could have done a full podcast there. Yeah. Uh, that would have been fun. But uh, right after that, I had to get back, charge my phone. It was almost dead, and get ready to go to NXT TakeOver. 
which he decided to go to and got on camera at. Did you see that? Yeah, and that was going to be the next thing I asked you. Did you not know he was going to go? Had no idea he was going to go. Did no. he even know he was going to go at that moment? I'm not sure because I asked him what he was getting into, and he's like, I'm just hanging out tonight. So uh, I was going to see if he was around, and then I was absolutely going to see if he was out. Yeah. I get out to Dirty Nelly's Pub, <laughs> and I'm there with uh, some people I know from Twitter there. Damian Nelson is there from Pro Wrestling Report, uh, a show I've watched forever. Met him, Justin Labar of WrestleZone and Chairshot Reality and Upgroove and uh, uh, some good people from Wrestle Rumble and Ticket King and uh, WWE Blogger Diva. You all know her from Twitter. She was there. I took an Uber with a couple people. I had left my phone in the hotel room, but I didn't know I left my phone in the hotel room. Uh, I just uh, thought I lost my phone. Ah. Uh. So I'm out, and I, you know, I am at the mercy of these people, basically. While I don't drink, they're getting sauced, <laughs> sauced, and I'm just like, damn. I hope I didn't leave my phone in an Uber. Now, when you got back to your hotel, were there a bunch of messages from Matt saying, "Where the hell are you?" No, there were not. Uh, okay, absolutely at least, not. At least you're honest about that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> absolutely not. Which I mean, I I hadn't spoken to him since the evolve thing, but yeah. Now let's talk about. Uh, I, I know you don't drink. Do you also not smoke? I, in the past, have partaken in some recreational marijuana use. Okay. And Which that's is it. fine. I have, you know yeah. what? I have no issue with that. It's going to be I'd, legal everywhere eventually. I have no I'd, say, I'd say about once every six months. I had, I've had some pretty severe neck injuries to the point where I didn't think I'd train or wrestle again. Uh, two really bad bulging discs up here that run down, that pinch on the nerve that runs down this arm. Then I've got the same thing in my lower back that runs down my right leg. If you all see me in person, I got really tiny legs. I don't have very good circulation there. It's hard to build mass there. But um, yeah, like I, so I smoke to alleviate that. I've done inversion. I've done a lot of yoga. DDP yoga really helped me fix that. But not a drinker. Not a drinker. Not so a you are you are almost the Jerry Lawler of the online wrestling reporting world. I am. N- I don't have an affinity for teenage girls. I was going to say an ease up on the chicken, like ease up on the fried chicken. I can't promise that. Like all I ate this weekend was Whataburger and church's chicken. Okay. And I, Hey, hot take on the church's chicken. It's trash. The regular is trash. It's garbage, but the spicy is some of the best I've ever had in my life. How does that happen? Don't know what to tell you, man. I have never had Church's Chicken. I can maybe go out on a limb and say I may never have Church's Chicken. I try to stay away from fried chicken, maybe Popeye's on, on the love rare it. occasion. but uh, I love it. We're spoiled here in Kentucky, but ironically, like KFC is like the last place I would go for fried chicken because it's, it's just not as good here. Uh, yeah. Lee's makes some good chicken. We've got a place called Joella's Hot Chicken. It's very good. Uh, but yeah, if, if I could – do it over. I wish I would have had the time. I didn't have time to go in and sit down and eat anywhere. I wish I would have went and had some Mexican food there. Like mm. I said, it was predominantly Hispanic, and I like that. I like a little more diversity than what I'm used to here. I, it's the same thing all the time here. And that was a completely new world for me. Like, So I like that. I really like getting to experience a different culture. But uh, to me, I prefer my bluegrass state just because it's home. Well, I'm glad you had fun. Uh, let's dig into the Rumble match a little bit. I would love to know your thoughts on the Rumble match. Being there, it was awesome. I've mentioned the seating situation there. I yep. couldn't see a lot. I, I watched on a Jumbotron, but 
the people that I went with is and got to experience that with, that's a, that's something I wouldn't trade for the world. That was the best. I got to be a little kid. I can't remember the last time that before this weekend that I, I went there and felt comfortable just going crazy. Cause you know, it is my job ultimately to, to watch this stuff and report on this stuff. But I mean, there wasn't any extensive coverage necessarily that I was doing for that. I was going and, and you, thankfully you gave me the weekend to, to do that. And I really appreciate that by the way. It was, it was fun. I got to chant 10 when Ty Dillinger came out. I got to do all this fun stuff that, that I hadn't got to do in a while. And it really reminds me of why I love doing what I do. Um, that being said, as I, I was talking with Shane Helms off the air after we filmed, and I said, you know what? I don't know how I'd feel about that Rumble match if I watched from home versus yeah. being there. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was very clever what they did in making Randy Orton win because they, they, they got the pop the one way they could get the pop, and that's by having Roman Reigns be the last guy thrown out. That's the only way that would have worked. And they made it work. To their you know what's funny is you and I just last week we talked about, I think I even said to you, how would you feel if Randy Orton won? And, and, we t- and we talked about how it would be considered underwhelming to the fans if he won. The only way he was going to get a pop is if he tossed Roman Reigns. So that was – at least they got that right. I think they got a lot of things wrong in this Rumble, but they got that right. Hats off to our dude, David Tease. Like, okay, I'll put, I'll put it out for you all. David Tease is on contract. He's on salary with us. So anything he just throws out there is extra for him. And this guy was like – so how about I do features every single day for the Royal Rumble? Oh, and a live stat tracker. That was very cool. Uh, we were the only place to do that, to have a live stat tracker during the Royal Rumble. So if you're not visiting Fightful.com, get your ass over there and do it. Um, this was a big weekend between the Rumble, NXT, Evolve, the UFC show, which I still haven't got to completely take in. Mm-hmm. I was a little bummed about the Donald Cerrone thing because I thought that was – Donald Cerrone is a bit of a draw, but – that Rumble show, I, I, you know, I get to see history. I got to see John Cena tie Ric Flair's fake record, which should be probably about 19 title reigns. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that match? And what do you make of the 16-time deal, Flair, Cena, all that? I don't think – I don't make anything of it. I, I, I think that the company downplayed it for a reason. I mean, as, as soon as Cena won, I was expecting – pomp and circumstance i was expecting confetti or, or you know they didn't to to my recollection they didn't make any mention of it on the air at all after he won or if they did they did so very briefly and all i saw was a little twitter photo of flair and cena backstage afterwards uh i don't care about the record because it's a bullshit record anyway and be, because they didn't make such a big deal out of it that leads me to think he's going to drop it at uh elimination chamber that's kind of my hunch that was such a fantastic environment to be in. Like I said, um, it's weird because a lot on the floor seats, you couldn't see a lot, but that, that area was so wild. Like uh-huh. I was, I wouldn't, I, I would have rather have been there than, than maybe anywhere, but the front row, I think, because just cause the people were so raucous and it was so wild and people were jumping into the aisles just to see what was going on. Like it was so wild. And John Cena got booed that entire time until he won which really shows you that that's part of that experience is going there to boo John Cena. That's, yeah, an, abs- that's an interesting dynamic that they have. And Cena's fully embraced it, and, and he still has his fans. That's why you have the dueling chance. Uh, I've read something about how WWE feels that Roman Reigns is on the same path and that he is a babyface and uh, he is booed the same way Cena's booed. And I, I don't agree with that. 
because with Cena, you get the dueling chance. I don't recall hearing any dueling chance from Roman Reigns. When's the last time you heard a uh, it's straight booze for Roman Reigns? And then the cameraman will try his best to find that one girl in the audience with a Roman Reigns sign. But uh, I, yeah, I, I, I think Roman Reigns. They need to. They, I don't want to go on a whole rant about him necessarily, but they need to. Uh, I will. Okay, we can, we can if you want, because I want to talk we about can. the Rumble match a little bit more too. But they, uh, they need to uh, commit to a heel turn for Roman Reigns. I think they need yeah. to commit to it. And here's the thing, you know, you'll have people say, "Oh, you're beating a dead horse. You're beating a dead horse." Well, when that horse keeps getting up, I'm going to keep beating on it. It's not dead yet because they haven't done it. Um, the the Roman Reigns I've seen the last two nights, the Rumble and Raw, mm. that's promising. It's he had a little bit of a fire in his eyes that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, but he's still doing it against a heel, and, and he's doing yes. it after being beaten up by the heel first. Now, here's the thing. They have done a masterful job in getting Braun Strowman over. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Wonderful job. If it's all to get Roman Reigns a win, that's bullshit. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. It's absurd. Now, if it's used for him to beat Braun Strowman, then beat The Undertaker, and embrace this heel situation – you know what? I'll give up a Braun Strowman loss to Roman Reigns, one of the most protected talents in WWE history. Not so bad if it, if it is the catalyst for a heel turn because mm-hmm. people are going to be real fed up with him over that and yeah. real, real fed up with him over The Undertaker, even though The Undertaker was in horrible shape on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think people are already fed up with Roman Reigns. I think that for, for him, did you see the vine about people's reactions to Roman coming out I at did. number 30? I, I mean, that's a perfect example. I think that for him to be the guy that came out at number 30 is completely indicative of how WWE sees him and indicative of uh, the fans are fed up with him. Of course, he's the one that eliminated Taker. And I get why they did it, because they're going to do him and Taker at Mania. But, uh, oh, I'm, I'm so sick of the way that they book Roman Reigns. I, I kind of look at Roman Reigns the way I look at Batista when Batista first joined Evolution. Yeah. And they did the slow build towards the babyface turn when Triple H was talking shit and Batista would overhear him and the crowd was starting to... I think they need to go along a similar route with Roman Reigns. I think that if they want him to truly be a babyface, they need to turn him heel, align him with somebody the crowd hates, like Stephanie, and then build to that babyface turn, at which which time I think he'll be uh, embraced. I think right now he's being booked horribly. I think that the crowd hates him. And I think that if WWE thinks his numbers are good on the uh, live event circuit, imagine how good they would be if he was a proper babyface. You know what's weird? It's like they figured it out really quick with The Rock. They figured it out really quick with Randy Orton. Like when Randy Orton did the babyface thing in August when he won in August of 04 when he won the title from Benoit, they realized in about they realized pretty quickly it wasn't working and Within six, seven months, they were like, we're sending you out there. You're going to RKO Stacey Keebler. Mm-hmm. Let's fix this. And, hey, it worked. Um, the Roman Reigns thing, it's interesting because WWE self-aware. They knew what reaction he would get at 30. And that rea- I was with a giant Roman Reigns fan. <laughs> and just watching them take in the, the reaction was, was pretty, pretty surreal. But they knew what reaction he would get eliminating Undertaker. They knew what reaction he would get eliminating Bray Wyatt and what reaction Randy Orton would get eliminating him. So Mm -hmm. they are self-aware. They know what's going on. They're not tone deaf this year. That's what I like. Now, did the favorite win? No. But I'm I'm a little bit more okay with that this year than other years, although I think the winner of the Royal Rumble should face the 
the champion in the last match on the show. Right. I think that should happen. Or, right. like I said, just let them choose their own match. But, hey. Yeah, the whole main event thing, uh, it defeats the Burrs when there's five main events, I guess. You know? That's true. But five main events. But we saw how the boys really think about that in that CM Punk interview. Yeah, that's right. Yep. They all know it's BS. They all yeah. do. I agree. I agree. I want to talk to you about the Royal Rumble match for a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, so I happened to watch the Rumble with my wife, who was a very casual fan. She sure. is not a big wrestling fan. And her uh, reaction when it was over was that was very disappointing. And so what I want to ask you is why do you think she said that? Do you think she said that because Randy Orton won? Perhaps. And because there were guys like Undertaker, uh, Reigns, Lesnar, Goldberg. They didn't win. And this had been largely built around them. My wife watched it live and was tweeting me or texting me things. And the comments I got from a casual fan were, Corey Graves is hilarious. Ty Dellinger was dressed as a space alien. Hmm. Poor James Ellsworth. Yeah. Uh, the umbrella spot was funny. It was awesome. Yep. Yeah. Like, so I want your take on this. So the reason my wife said it was disappointing is because there were no surprise entrants. Yeah, that's out, true. Out. And here's my question for you. Because my, my opinion is that if you ask any fan of the Royal Rumble why they love the Royal Rumble, I think most of them would say they love the Royal Rumble because of the surprise entrance. Correct. And... I was shocked that they only had one, and that one was Ty Dillinger, who I feel like they felt obligated to put in at number ten. I think if not for that, for not if not for that gimmick, they probably wouldn't have even had him in the in the match. Why do you think they didn't have any outside uh, surprise entrance this year? I think they didn't want to take away, and I I actually haven't asked about this, and I really should, but. This is purely speculation on my part. This isn't from anybody in WDB. I think they didn't want to take away from the shine of a Reigns, Orton, Lesnar, Goldberg, Undertaker. I feel like they they already they thought that they think they already gave the fans enough. The Ty Dillinger one was absolutely something they listened to the fans on, and they should have. That reaction was unreal. Um, because a lot of people were doubting whether the people in the Alamo Dome would know him. They knew him. They were ready. Uh, I wish that James Ellsworth would have came out at 10, and then the crowd would have been pissed, and then he comes out at 11, and then they go even crazier because <laughs> they didn't see it coming. Yeah, Really, all you got is Reigns and Ty Dillinger. That's it. I mean, I, if you look at those the big guys, Brock and Taker, none of those guys came out until, like, number 26. And then yep. they came out one after the next, after the next, after the next. Here, here's how I look at it. Maybe I'm thinking about it a little bit too much, but I think right now uh, in the U.S. on Monday nights, there's what, about two and a half, maybe 2.7 million hardcore viewers that watch Raw, uh, meaning that those are the people that are going to be there no matter how shitty the creative gets for the foreseeable future. And I think the rest makes up the casual audience. So on Raw last Monday, I think they did about 3.6 million. And I think uh, what around a million or so was probably the casual fan that was tuning in to see what happened at the Rumble. I look at it like there are two times a year when WWE has the biggest opportunity to increase their viewership. And that is the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, because I think those yeah. are the two shows where the casual fan is, uh, is kind of tuned in more than they are any other time during the year. Knowing that the casual fan, I think, is big into those surprise entrants. And Shawn Michaels even said it on the pre-show about how that's the fun part of the, about the Royal Rumble. How do they not deliver 
either a Nakamura from NXT, a Samoa Joe from NXT, bring in a guy from the past, whether it be Kurt Angle or Scott Steiner or whoever the hell it is. How do they not do that? How do they not realize that that is the aspect of the Rumble that people love every single year? I was I was shocked that the only guy they brought in is Ty Dillinger, who outside of the hardcore fan base, nobody knows who he is. And my wife watching the show with me, she didn't have a clue who Ty Dillinger was. So I, I thought they really dropped the ball on trying to increase their viewership with the Rumble. Yeah, uh, I, in my opinion, Angle would be the one that I would go with, but I don't know if they have any idea if he if they want him to wrestle or not. Um, he is under a Legends deal, but I've heard that maybe he signed to something a little bit more. Samoa Joe, I understand because they wanted him for a big angle with Rollins and probably didn't want to have him eliminated. Um, who else? Nakamura, they wrote him off the night before. I think his knee injury on TakeOver was their way of saying, do not expect this guy in the Royal Rumble. He's hurt. Mm-hmm. I think that was their way of doing that. I, I a part of me wonders, and again, I'll ask about this. If this is them setting the tone about maybe saying, "Hey, don't expect this every year. It's a pain in the ass for us." I think it's a massive mistake if that, if that's what they're thinking. I think that's a massive mistake. I do too. I, I think that when, I mean, you see their ratings going down year over year, and and granted, creative has a lot to do with that, but a lot of it too has to do with them losing the casual fan. And only being left with predominantly hardcore fans. And as that as that fan base ages, if you're not replacing them with newer fans, you're really fucked in the next four or five years. So I, I can't believe that they wouldn't do that. I mean, these guys on the independence, like a Scott Steiner, you throw them five grand. And, and you say, hey, you're going to be in the Rumble for 10 minutes. Who gives a shit? That's not hard to do. I've done that on the independence, right? You, you call Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'm going to put you in for three minutes and here's a couple of grand. That's not hard to do. Yeah, I, the the only thing I could think of, Jeff Hawkins made a made a point on the podcast. He said uh, maybe they wanted to give those spots to the guys that worked the full time schedule, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess that's that's valid. But at the same time, Cesaro was already on the show, and uh, Sheamus was already on the show. True, Roman Reigns. I understand they wanted him in with Taker. Why the hell did you have Sheamus and Cesaro? They had they did, they did not need to be in that match. So I I was stunned that they that they fucked that up uh, at the level that they did. I think they used that to set up a Cesaro, Sheamus versus New Day thing, but yeah, uh, it looked like it. Yeah, it looked like it, which we've never seen before. We've never seen that before. Yeah, and they didn't go that direction on Raw. No, not at all. Not at all. Maybe not. Uh, Only three SmackDown stars eliminated people because they they don't Undertaker not included because they don't know what brand he's on. Right. Right. They have no idea. Three. Uh, Baron Corbin eliminated a guy. Uh, Randy Orton eliminated guy, and I think Luke Harper maybe eliminated somebody. Luke Harper eliminated Apollo Cruz, and that's that's it. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't really mind that that much. I again, I know on the on the post rumble podcast, guys were talking about how SmackDown was booked to to look like the inferior brand. I didn't mind it because number one, Orton won, and number two, people don't remember the 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 uh, the eliminations along the way. Like people just don't remember. You would have to look it up online to see who eliminated who and when. It's only the major ones that you remember, like Oprah taking out Brock, Corbin taking out Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns taking out Taker. Everything outside of those, people don't remember. So I, I didn't have a big problem with it. Where do you think this Triple H thing is going? Do you think they just scrap his match? Or do you think maybe they parlay this and have a quick turn with Samoa Joe? Like, if Seth Rollins misses things. Now, in my opinion, if you go to Birmingham, you're probably looking at a torn meniscus at the best case scenario because mm-hmm. it, it's just not, it's not good news. 
they could immediately just have Samoa Joe attack Triple H and say, nobody controls me. Nobody does anything to me. I'm not doing this for you. I did this to get on the show, and that's it. I fooled you. You're stupid. One of those type of things. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, remember Savage and Perfect and uh... – and uh, who else was supposed to be around? Savage and Warrior were supposed to be a tag team, I think, yes. going into Survivor Series. And then in the, in the span of one show, they had Mr. Perfect going go from a bad guy to a good guy and, and join Savage. And they did it out of necessity. They could do something like that with Samoa Joe. I think there is zero chance that Hunter is not on the show. Zero. Yes, I agree. You got to put him on there. Why not? Stack the show. Well, even if, even if, uh, even if uh, the fans didn't want him, Hunter does. And so there, there's no chance Hunter's not on that show. I think they could do something with Samoa Joe. Do they want him to be a babyface? I mean, I guess they could, especially if there's no Rollins for God, who knows, maybe potentially another seven, eight, nine months. And I think there are, even if they decide, okay, Seth Rollins isn't here, maybe let's move Joe to SmackDown because you already got Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, and Goldberg on Raw. Yeah. How many more of those characters can you have on Raw that run through everybody? Rusev mm-hmm. used to be that too. And I feel like if he were rehabilitated, he could be. Uh, I I keep talking about the reaction Mark Henry got. Remember how quickly they rehabbed Mark Henry twice? Hall mm-hmm. of Pain and the retirement speech. That's how quickly, when done right, you can rehab a guy that's been put down, put down, put down. You can do that with some of these guys. Now, there are still people with question marks around them. Mm-hmm. Oh, where does Where does Triple H end up at WrestleMania? Where does... A Finn Balor, if he's back. There are rumors, rumors that John Cena and Nikki Bella will take on Maurice and The Miz. Oh, good Lord. I don't know how I feel about that. The newly crowned... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. On one end, I think The Miz absolutely deserves this because of his great work, but I don't know how that'll all hash out. I want to know your thoughts. The newly crowned executive producer of Total Bellas. <laughs> Who? Uh, Christina? Uh, no, Nikki Bella. Oh. She is now an executive producer. Uh, so I, I don't know these people on a personal level, and so I shouldn't judge because I just don't know them. Uh, it just seems so clear to me that Nikki Bella has been utilizing Cena Stroke in order to get ahead in her career. Again, not judging. I'm sure she's a sweet person, and I'm sure it's a, it's a genuine relationship, but it just sure seems that way. So if, if suddenly they're going to be in a tag match at Mania, it only benefits Nikki Bella. I mean, I guess you could say it benefits The Miz, but The Miz isn't going to win. So it, it really only benefits Nikki Bella. I could see Cena doing it because he's got, you know, puppy dog eyes for his girlfriend. But uh, I don't know. I love Maurice. I, I, I think Maurice and Miz have done a good job together. I think she has rejuvenated his career. It'd be a great spot for him. I don't think he's going to win. Kind of kind of reminds me of the Bray Wyatt spot a few years ago when he was yeah. on a roll and then Cena killed him at Mania. And, you know, he's never really recovered from that. So... <laughs> The good thing about WWE right now, they have a lot of guys that can be perceived as top talents or right underneath top talents. For for years, it seemed like they had just been dead set on marginalizing people. Like I watched those like the 2011 2012 Royal Rumble, it was just full of mid card trash. And today, their mid card trash is a guy like Rusev, who was once a, a guy that we could have seen in the ring with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So they could have they could be doing much much worse, but. Like, we don't know where a lot of these people are going to end up, and that's okay. I like not knowing where these people are going to end up for WrestleMania, as long as it ends up being good. So not just mid-card, but they're mid-card trash now? 
Yeah, some of them. Yeah. What What would you call <laughs> teaming with Jinder Mahal an hour two of Raw? What did Jinder Mahal do to you? Existed on my television. <laughs> He's in good shape. You got to give He's him credit for that. Phenomenal shape. He's improved too. He's improved in the ring, but. Just, I believe uh, he's another Canadian kid too, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he is. Yes. Oh, good for him. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I mean, I I, I feel like Cena's a company man, and I feel like if Cena was told you got to put over the Miz at WrestleMania, I think he would do it. I think uh, the problem is that McMahon still looks at him as being the. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be all end all. I don't see McMahon putting Miz over uh, over Cena, and I highly doubt. Uh, that was uh, that was different because they were already building to the Rock. That was a completely different. The Miz was an afterthought in that match, but in a situation like this, unless the Rock's going to run down and kick the shit out of Miz and and roll him or kick the shit out of Cena and roll Miz on top of him, I highly doubt that's going to happen. Some matches are set for Elimination Chamber, which instead of like maybe three weeks or four weeks after uh, Royal Rumble, they're doing two weeks after Royal Rumble. Mm. Nikki Bella versus Natalia, Alexa Bliss versus Naomi. Naomi actually impressed me a lot this week. Elimination Chamber match, Cena, AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Baron Corbin, Miz, Dean Ambrose. And then we have a tag team turmoil match featuring American Alpha, Usos, Ascension, Villains, Brizongo, Heath Slater, and Rhino. Oh, it's brutal. brutal. One prediction for this show, I think and hope that American Alpha runs the table in the tag team turmoil. Starts out first, beats everybody. Is that not the worst crop of tag teams that you can recall at one time? On, oh, my God. I mean, when's the last time that you saw the Ascension music on, on SmackDown? When's the last time they actually got an entrance together? Not they, only that, here's the thing. A couple months ago, Heath Slater and Rhino were over. yes. The Usos could have been over because they turned heel. Could have been there. Brizongo, they were doing better. I mean, they had some funny skits backstage. I was interested. Yep. Claude Villains just got yeah. completely buried. As they, you know, if Simon Gotch is fighting people for no reason backstage, then maybe maybe you do that. But and the Ascension were never going to go anywhere no. from day one. They were never going to go anywhere. No, I actually didn't think the Claude Villains were going to go anywhere either because I thought that it was a gimmick that the fans weren't going to understand. And not, not that I want to, you know, say that they're not intelligent enough, but it's just a different fan base. I didn't think they were going to really get that gimmick. But, uh, oh, what a what a terrible tag team scene. And, and didn't Rhino and Slater break up on Talking Smack like a couple months did ago? They? I thought they did. Oh, I, thought they had a, I thought they had a big argument and, R- and Rhino walked off. And, uh, and it was never they're really best friends. Yeah, they're best they're friends. Best friend. They're best friends. People have arguments. It's and pretty they brutal. They lost – the hype bros, which were being pushed, that that hurts them a little bit. They suck too. No, big but deal. everybody was hoping for the revival, and I keep getting told, no plans for the revival to come up. Not a peep. And I mean, maybe maybe they could be uh, like a mystery mystery team or something. They should at the rumble. They should. I I think they should because uh, they weren't brought up. And the last time I asked about the revival was early January. So because I expected maybe they'd be up for. This time of the year, 
hey, if American Alpha runs the table, then the then the revival takes advantage of a beaten down, exhausted American Alpha, wins the titles their first night. Not a problem with that. Give no, me I wouldn't have a problem. With and and they need somebody. I mean, you're sure as hell not going to put them in a program with the VOD villains. So, yeah. you know, they need somebody. It's too bad. They're, they're such a great tag team, and uh, they can't showcase their stuff because they have no opposition. That's just how what? it is. Did you watch TakeOver? I caught it uh, later on. I, uh, I missed it live. I caught it later on. I wanted to see Bobby Roode stuff. Uh, and then I heard about Anna saying she wanted to marry – either she wanted to marry the tag match or she wanted Seth to Rollins marry – what was it? The Seth Rollins segment. The Seth Rollins segment. Okay. So I wanted to see what it was Anna wanted to marry. So I, I, I did check that stuff out. And, I can't confirm pants were wet during the <laughs> Seth Rollins segment because every female in that crowd went bananas. Uh, I bet you I know uh, like eight girls that did not go bananas, and those were the girls with Bobby Roode for his entrance. Imagine, like I said before on the show, imagine being one of those girls who answers like a modeling ad. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get here. They do the run-through, and I'm sure they're like, yeah, whatever. Then they get out there, and there's 12,000, 15,000 people singing Glorious. Mm-hmm. What do you think they were? what was going through their minds? I always hate it when you have these girls, uh, and I don't want to use words like bubblehead or, uh, or bimbo. We don't but, know uh, what, how smart they are. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. I hate it when you have these girls because they, they have an idea of what's going on. They know they're at a wrestling show. They know they're part of somebody's entrance. They get all that. I hate when they are smiling and laughing through the whole thing. Mm. I hate that because they make it look like a joke when they're doing that. And again, I get they're not wrestling people, but they know where they are. And they're getting, they're getting paid to be there. So I've always hated when you see that kind of stuff happen where they're like laughing and joking through the whole thing. The woman immediately to Bobby Roode's left was like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know who these people are. This is insane. Hell, I mean, what was her alternative? Her alternative was that she was going to, I don't know, hold a, hold a Corona sign uh, in, in the parking lot of a Ford dealership. She could be a successful actress for all we know. She might be. She might be because those girls are not a dime a dozen at all. So it's very possible. <sighs> Jimmy. We're being controversial today a little bit, Sean. You are, not me. You are. I'm just telling it like it is. The most controversial thing that I said was that there are 400,000 Mexican restaurants in San Antonio, and there are. You called the wrestlers mid-card trash. Yeah. And you also – didn't you also t- say that you They're slapped treated. Paige? No, I did not say that. You said and you I, slapped her on the ass and said she was hot, didn't you? I absolutely did not. Oh, was that me that um, said you said that? That might have been what happened. Yeah, I, th- I think it was. Uh, I said that they are treated like mid-card trash. They are. They absolutely are treated like mid-card trash. They have been. Yeah, not you're, you're, you're not wrong. Time. You're not wrong. What were your impressions of Royal Rumble weekend as a whole? Um, in terms of, I mean, I, I wasn't there. I didn't see access or any of that stuff. There wasn't an access there. Oh, there wasn't an access there. No, they only do that at Mania. That. Okay. You know what? I, I had actually believed and I realized there was a, a very minuscule possibility that was going to happen, but I actually believe Shawn Michaels might be a, a surprise entrant in the rumble. And, uh, the minute that he came down to the ring and he got the big entrance in the pyro. And I think all he did was basically say, welcome to the show. Like he didn't really say anything. But as soon as he did that, I knew he wasn't going to be in it because he already had his pyro. But uh, no, I, I, I mean, I love the Rumble. I thought the Aladome, it, it looked good on television. Uh, Style Cena was great. 
Uh, I couldn't believe that they had uh, um, three matches on the pre-show, including Sasha and Nia Jax. I thought for sure that would be on the main show. But I, I just was left with a, with a bit of a sour taste over the Rumble match because, again, as a wrestling fan, I want WWE to succeed and I want WWE to grow. And I felt they missed a big opportunity to to draw more eyeballs to the product. Like, I really felt they missed a big opportunity. So, Michaels was on my flight back to Houston, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Were you sitting uh, behind him the whole time singing Sexy Boy? I was not. How many times did you do the pose? Zero. I mean, Vince you, Russo you, was on the plane. Vince you can Russo be honest with me, Sexy man. Boy. You can be honest with me. You did the pose a couple times, didn't you? There were a lot of people like trying to sneak pictures of him that I saw. Was he sitting in uh, coach? He was sitting in first class. Okay. Okay. What, uh, I was. I was not. <laughs> I was not. Uh, I didn't think there was any chance that Shawn Michaels was going to be a surprise entrant. I don't think. He's to him a match is a match, whether regardless. But and I know you said that, that his deal last year at WrestleMania was a match, but to him it's not. Like, well, no, last, last like year wasn't a match. Last year wasn't a match. It was a run in, but I felt like the Rumble. Uh, it's not really a match either. I mean, it's one thing if you're in there for an hour like Jericho, and we got to talk about Chris Jericho actually because he was awesome. And I want to talk about the Miz in the Rumble because I thought that was hilarious too. But uh, they could have had Michaels go in, throw a couple super kicks, and get eliminated. It could have been a two-minute thing, and the pop would have been ginormous. But I want to talk about Chris Jericho for a second. Uh, The guy is in there for an hour, spends of that hour probably 50 minutes on the floor, uh, and then he was the one that threw out – I believe he was the one that threw out the New Day and Sheamus and Cesaro. He's the one that came in from Uh behind, tossed them all. He threw threw out Sheamus and Cesaro after they threw out the New Day. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so he threw those guys out, and then they got a close-up of his face – I laughed my ass off just because he had spent the whole time on the floor, finds his opportune moment, gets in, chucks those guys out. How can you not fucking love Chris Jericho? And then as soon as Braun Strowman came in, Jericho powdered out and, and let everybody else, you know, get their asses kicked by, by Braun Strowman. He is, I just love Chris Jericho. Great. He is. He's on another level from just about everybody else that they have. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you about was, I don't know if you noticed that whenever a new guy came out after The Miz had already come out. The first guy to get destroyed by the by the new entrant was The Miz. Over and over and over, he was the one that got hammered first. Do you think that was intentional? Do you think they did it because they were just kind of ribbing each other? Why do you think that happened? Well, Miz is a good heater. If you do that, if you beat him up, you're going to get a pop. The Jericho thing, I said in my my Rumble rules piece that where I recommended some some new rules for the Royal Rumble that – being outside the ring shouldn't shouldn't be allowed because it traditionally in WWE it's it's been like Steve Austin mm-hmm. or Roman Reigns and stuff like that. Occasionally it'll be at Bob Backlund even. Mm-hmm. Uh Jerry the King Lawler did one year and that made sense, but a lot of times it's baby faces and that does not make sense. That is not sympathetic. Right. You're right. Uh, like, okay, you put them through a table, fine, but people know how exhausting it is to be actually in a Royal Rumble. But for Seth, for Jer- Jericho this year, it worked. Like he, absolutely, he was such a chicken shit. It worked. So he well. was. I mean, the Roman Reigns one. I think that was last year. Uh, didn't yes. he, didn't he leave the ring on his own power when he was you know going back to get checked out? Quote unquote. He I left the remember. ring. I think he did. He left the ring on his own power, which made people hate him even more. But uh, I agree with you that it doesn't make sense because if you're allowed to do that, everybody would do it in theory. Yeah. But uh, if you're gonna do it, the way Jericho did it was. Just tremendous. 
It's like, here comes this monster Braun Strowman. He's going to kick everybody's ass. And Jericho's like, fuck that. And rolls out and, and hides on the floor. I thought it was great. We have some news today that Lucha Underground's bring its uh, second or the, the rest of the season uh, back on May 31st. But they are going to be on Netflix later this year. What do you think this does for them? That is a much greater reach than they have ever had because Netflix, you know, people can catch something, binge watch it. It has changed the fortunes for many shows in the past, but we've never seen wrestling in this format. Now, if there was a show that fits that format, it's probably Lucha Underground. Although I have had no interest. I watch it, but I've Mm -hmm. had no interest in Lucha Underground for, I want to say almost years now. Yeah, it's a completely different product. It, it it's almost like roller derby. Do you remember roller derby? Yeah, I watched Roller Jam after ECW all the time. And roller derby used to get grouped in with pro wrestling, like back in the day. It got grouped in as being a similar type of predetermined uh, sport kind of thing. I to me, I've seen Lucha Underground before. It's not my cup of tea. It's 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 very different. Uh, I don't know if it's going to do much for them. Um, but they're not a competitor to WWE. It's a very different, it's, it's almost like, uh, like a staged, almost like a play type of type of situation. Good for them. If they're getting the Netflix deal, I mean, it's going to be some more eyeballs. They're probably not getting much money out of that. I, uh, I was talking to somebody recently in the entertainment business that told me about how little most of those, uh, productions actually get paid from Netflix. Mm-hmm. So they're probably not getting a lot of money out of it, but it's more eyeballs. Good for it's, them. It's one of those things like, I used to get asked to write for exposure all the time. Not doing that, guys. But Lucha Underground needs some exposure. If they go on the road, this could help them. This could help them a lot. Uh, We've got some questions. Somebody asked what I had for breakfast. Uh, I wake up (laughs) rather late because news doesn't break early in the morning a lot. I had chicken this this morning. You know what I had for breakfast today, Sean? What's that? I had a Tim Hortons (laughs) breakfast sandwich this morning. Your prospective future employer. Yeah, right. right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody says, Sean, you talked to Shane about his negotiation process with WCW. What was your negotiation process like with Fightful? Awesome. Uh, Jimmy emailed me. I was, honestly, I was either about to get a big pay bump where I was or I was going to move somewhere else. And, um, I already was set to, but we had a couple emails. Then we had one phone call and I fell in love with the idea of the site. My God, I'm glad you finished that sentence. I thought you were going to say you fell in love with me. <laughs> well, that, I almost did when you told me the, the idea of the site. So I actually, I, if I remember right, I actually offered you more than you wanted. I did. I think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. And how often does that happen where somebody says, I want X dollars. And then the other guy says, I'll give you X plus Y. Yeah, not a lot in this business. I did it because I wanted you motivated. You want me to be honest? When I told Jimmy the amount that people were getting paid to do wrestling articles, he was like, that's shit. We can't do that. So uh, much, much respect to you for that because the amount that a lot of people get paid to write wrestling articles is embarrassingly low. And it's that's got to change because, guys, I understand some of you have to work for free in order to do stuff. And if somebody offers to work for us for free, I'll let them, but I will never ask somebody to do that. Um, we, I, I think, I think you get what you pay for. And I, yeah. I think that if you're, if you're going to expect someone to not get paid anything, then eventually maybe not right away. Cause it's always a new novelty to write for a new website, 
but eventually a few months down the road, the quality is going to suck shit. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I've, before I was an employer, I was an employee. And I think what a lot of uh, companies sometimes forget is that they probably were too. And mm-hmm. if you're an employee and if you're not going to tolerate shit as an employee, how come all of a sudden you're going to dish it out as an employer? So. Yeah. And I've loved even more the execution of fightful.com, how it's worked out and how like people like Lindsay have helped make the site and like just the amount of resources that, Jimmy has put into the site has been even more than he promised. Like he's given me everything that I need. And those first several weeks, it was me doing a lot of, a lot of the content, almost all of it, MMA wrestling and boxing even. And uh, that was rough. And Jimmy got me a lot of help and it's, it's, it, I think it's, I think this site is ahead of its time. I really do. And hopefully it is of its time as well, because I think we're going to keep attracting more people. Are we going to WrestleMania? No, I, I don't know if I want to go to WrestleMania after. This so weekend. let's let's address that uh, because I, I did say a few weeks ago that I was going to look to get a box at WrestleMania, and I don't know if I yeah. if I updated this on the air or not. So I I looked to get a suite at WrestleMania, thinking three months out there's going to be plenty <laughs> available. I mean it's it's a stadium, and and you're talking about a luxury box. I thought it would be easy, and uh, as it turned out, they were all sold out which uh, surprised me. I'm still trying. I, uh, I'm talking to a brokerage company and I'm still trying to get one. Uh, if I can get one, I'm bringing Sean Ross Sapp to WrestleMania. Nice. And I'm bringing Matt Riddle in. Uh, he's going to be there already, but I'm going to bring him to, to the <laughs> box if I get it. But uh, it's going to depend if that brokerage house comes through or not. If they don't, I'm not going to. Sean talked earlier about how, how floor seats suck if you're, uh, if you're not front row. And I've, For kids. I, For kids, they really, they're really bad. For- I mean, I, I've been to a UFC before. I mean, I'm, I'm 5'9". I'm not the tallest guy anyway, but I've been to a UFC before where I wasn't within the first 10 rows, and it sucked. I mean, I was looking at the screen more than I was looking at the cage. Yeah. Uh, so. I was happy where I was at the Rumble because, like I said, if I, unless I was in the front row, man, I wouldn't have been anywhere else. Like, I wouldn't have been in the elevated <laughs> seating because I was in the wildest area of that, of that. And the people that I was with, they made, they made it the best possible experience I could have ever had at a show. Um, somebody said, I noticed the Chelsea football club shirt, Jimmy, do you support them? So I actually don't even know soccer. <laughs> I have gone to two Chelsea games because I, I used to go every year to a, to a trade show in London and I haven't gone, uh, since I had a family, uh, ironically enough, but I used to go every year and I've been to two Chelsea games. And so I bought this as just a memento of my experience, but, uh, I don't really follow soccer. I, I can't, uh, bullshit and pretend that I do. But it was, a, it was a great experience going there to see those games. It's awesome. Well, people are asking some weird-ass questions. Ask them, man. You and I have talked before privately about uh, – I don't know if these are negative questions, but you and I have talked about negative comments that people make and about trolls <laughs> that are – trolls that say you look like Rihanna – yeah, and that was that's the, that's and somebody told me that you look be, like Beyonce. The same. I look like Beyonce. This person added me to Facebook to say that one, <laughs> or tried to. I you don't know. You know that that stuff does not bother me one bit. And so, if, if people want to talk shit, uh, go ahead and read it. Jimmy, you would not want me to read some of the shit that people say about you on the air. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it. I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Not giving these trolls the satisfaction. Hey guys, subscribe to us, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. That sale price on those uh, Fightful shirts, 
it's getting out of here soon. We got to make a profit on those bad boys. So uh, I think probably after this weekend, we're going to end the sale. $15.99. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Sean Ross Sapp. Also, make sure to follow along at Fightful Wrestle. Fightful MMA. Fightful Online. If you just like wrestling, you can go to FightfulWrestling.com. Just like MMA, you can go to FightfulMMA.com. And if you like both, Fightful.com. Uh, somebody asked, does Shane still have beef with Shawn Michaels? No, they, they uh, settled all that. What do we think Triple H does at WrestleMania? Your thoughts, Jimmy? I think they're going to hold out and see what happens with Rollins first. Because uh, I don't think they know as of this moment, or maybe they do internally and they just haven't announced it yet. But I think they're going to wait until they figure that out. And I think that if Rollins can't go, then they'll come up with another plan to make sure Hunter's on the card. I think your idea of having Samoa Joe maybe do a, a, an about face, that's a logical idea. But uh, they'll do something with him. I, I think there's zero chance, like I said, that Hunter misses WrestleMania. And, and uh, the guy keeps himself in pretty good shape. You know, he, he looks pretty good. So. Really good shape. Yeah. Somebody says they're going to order a shirt Saturday. Hey, you know what? After this weekend, you'll have to pay like a good nineteen ninety nine because we're practically giving those things away. We have them <laughs> in uh, short sleeve. We have them in muscle tees. They're soft style. I love those soft styles. Uh, long sleeve, pretty cool stuff in all sizes too. Just buy the hell out of them, guys, and maybe we'll release some more designs. Did you hear about the uh, the wonderful endorsement that Aron Elias Theodoru got? Kurt Plus! <laughs> you know what I thought of when I found out? I thought of the whole Booker T. Edge program. Yeah. Remember that? So anybody that doesn't listen to our MMA shows, uh, Elias is a UFC fighter, and he does a show once a week with Showdown Joe. And he was doing a show yesterday. And did you see Elias' show yesterday, Sean? Did. He was going on and on about the benefits of Kurt Plus. And how it's got certain certain nutrients in it, and how it does this for your for your skin, and all this stuff. And I was watching that, thinking, hmm, he sure knows a hell of a lot about Pert Plus. Yeah. And he announced today that he's got an, an endorsement deal with Pert Plus, which is he's the perfect guy for that. He absolutely is. He definitely is. Elias is is going to be something special in MMA. Kyler James says, "King of soft style." Hey, our shirts are the king of soft style. Those soft style <laughs> tees are great. I got to meet Kyler at the Rumble too. That was an awesome experience. He had the sweatshirt, um, right? Of course, yeah. Uh, he was sporting the fightful tee. He did, he got to go, and he does some of our social media work for us. Does uh, he tweets our our SmackDown? Uh, does our SmackDown tweets over at Fightful Wrestle? Does a good job there, and of course, as always. Uh, shilling the fightful brand which i love yeah guys if you all buy like a billion shirts we'll release some new designs just saying i'll tell you what if you if we sell a billion shirts we're going to give the next one away for free yeah that sounds good hey once you all get the fightful wrestle account at 1000 we're still a ways away i'll give away that signed ray mysterio mask until then i gotta keep that hideous looking thing on my wall and hey if we get to ten thousand, that one right there that guitar i'll give it away is that your office or is that like some kind of a living room or what is that? It is my home office that kind of doubles as that. So we live in a really old house. I'm talking like a 140-year-old house. And we use these gas heaters because uh, if you use electric in this house, it's a 1,500-foot square foot house. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big old house. Then your electric's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. So we have to get our electric updated in our actual living room downstairs because 140 years ago, they didn't optimize this house for 
entertainment centers and sectionals and gas stoves. So we have to optimize our electric in there to where we can adjust things and safely use our gas heater. So what I do is I have my uh, love seat back there. And in the winters, we just kind of hang out in my home office or I've got a, another, I've got a futon in addition to the bed and the bedroom. We kind of keep it all upstairs. Uh, so yeah. I, kudos I, people, kudos people, to your wife. Kudos to your wife that she will hang out and watch television in a room with a Ray Mysterio mask and a, and a <laughs> Jeff Jarrett guitar on the wall. Well, uh, I'll, I'll show a little bit here. That's my foam that I keep on the wall so it doesn't echo, but I've got my Pineapple Express mock marriage, uh, mock wedding poster. And that's actually from an open house or my gym that I managed and some of the fighters that came from there. We would do open house stuff to like attract people to the gym. And one of those things we did, we would do pro wrestling matches there on the boxing ring, which hurt like hell. Ah, oh yeah. And as catch as catch can guys, we're used to taking bumps on like zebra mats and it's it's a very pro wrestling style. So everybody had the basics down. And we would release these posters in promotion of them. I've got another one somewhere. I'm not I'm not a big wrest I'm not a big wrestling memorabilia guy, but my cousin got me a WrestleMania 17 poster, which is up here. And I've got an NXT Highland Heights poster there. NXT does a really good job releasing um like posters for their their live events that make it really individualized and special. So that's pretty cool. I think I still have a, a Bret Hart autographed eight by ten sitting in a box uh, uh, in, in storage somewhere. Because I'm also not a memorabilia guy. I met Pete Rose one time at a restaurant in Vegas, and uh, was able to get him to sign an eight by ten out of the photo that we took. And I don't know where the hell that is either. It's probably in the same box. I just, I just, at some point, I was like, you know, I don't care if I meet any wrestlers. Don't care if I get autographs. It just. I don't you know, know something? I I'm going to tell you a quick story. I'm going to tell you a sure. quick story. Back in the late 90s, I once did an independent show uh, in North Dakota. It was actually the first time I met Justin Roberts, who is uh, now the former uh, Raw ring announcer. Yes. And I, uh, I was walking around the hotel, and the elevator door is opened, and somebody came off the elevator door, uh, out of the elevator, and I looked at her, and I thought, I think that's Sherry Martell. And, and went over and talked to her, and it turned out it was Sherry Martell, and she asked me, would you mind helping me with my bags and all that? We get to her hotel room, and I made the stupidest comment uh, because I was still a young guy, and I was a little bit starstruck being around yeah. wrestling talent. She, I said to her, I can't believe I'm standing uh, in Sherry Martell's hotel room. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, I felt like a moron. And uh, Sherry Martell, to her credit, without even skipping a beat, she said, you and I are colleagues. You and I work for the same promoter. We are coworkers and we are peers. And I have never forgotten that. And ever since that moment when I was a promoter and I was booking uh, Jim Duggan and, and, and uh, uh, Jim Nyhart, and I did a show with Jake the Snake Roberts one time, and I never have felt starstruck ever again being around anybody ever since she made that comment. So when you say the thing about getting autographs from wrestlers, I look at it the same way. I have never asked for an autograph from anybody since I met Sherry Martell that day. Yeah, like at some point when you make it your full-time living, let that shit go. I mean, I took a media ethics class, and if you had taken that class and ever ever asked for an autograph, ugh. You're right, yeah. Now, if, if you know there's somebody that I know that has a sick kid 
or something. I and they were like, "Will you get a Matt Riddle autograph for me?" I'd be like, "Hey Matt, how about you do <clears throat> do me a solid, get an autograph for this kid." That's a little bit of a different situation, but anything to tell the people before we go besides that fightful.com is the greatest wrestling MMA and boxing site in the world. Uh, well, the uh, the quote-unquote brand split is pretty much finished. I think that the new pages look great. I think my uh, my design team did a great job. I'm glad that you made it back from San Antonio. I'm glad the site did not melt. And yeah. uh, and Alex did a great job. And uh, whoever else is filling in. I think you said John was filling in. and John filled in, yeah. Everybody did a great job. And uh, stay tuned because we have some more things in the works that we're working on. And we'll see about that mania box. I'm going to work on that mania box so that I can hang out with Sean Ross Sapp and maybe get him to take a sip of a beer. Not going to happen. People tried this weekend. <laughs> yeah, they I bet. really tried. I bet. I bet. I should tell you sometime about what I do at our, at our company events. We like to do food challenges. Have I ever told you about that? Ooh. Do tell. So we every event we do food challenges. And matter of fact, Juan, who's my graphic designer, who you know, the, uh, the last uh, event we did, they had a price fix menu. And I think it had like three appetizers on it. It had three entrees on it and like five desserts, something like that. And I had him run the gauntlet, meaning he had to eat everything on that damn menu for a thousand bucks. Wow. And Juan, to his credit, because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, his, uh, his evening probably wasn't pleasant after that meal. But uh, to his credit, he was able to get it done within the uh, allotted period of time and he's got his thousand dollars. So if I see you, if I do get the box for Mania and if I bring you, there might be a food challenge in, in it for uh, Mr. Sean Ross App. You know, I did. Well, I, I have, I've told maybe a couple people this. Did a little bit of a test weight cut. I'm considering getting into grappling stuff again. Got down to 170. Now I'm way back up. Yeah, I might be able to do a little cut before that. That way I, I don't become too bloated. Now, my question is, how much are you willing to pay Rob to finally eat that goddamn hat? If he would actually do it, There'd be there'd be a solid payday in it for him if he would actually do it. Now it would have to be a fightful branded hat. Yes, and we'd have yes. to make sure that the ingredients within the hat are not going to kill him. Sure. Uh, maybe we can find some kind of an edible version that's not like pure bread. You know, something See, that's, that's going to be a little difficult. That's my thing. It can't be that hard to find an edible hat somewhere. That's that's uh, he was pretty vague with his his claim. I don't know why he just. Well, you don't want it to be too simple. Like you know how they make those nacho hats and then they they keep yes. the cheese sauce at the top kind of thing. That's not a challenge. Yeah. So now it's here's the be thing. something challenging. Rob is very highly regarded in many circles as uh, a wrestling podcaster. Like I, I was second in best wrestling podcast host uh, for the Sheedy Awards. Rob won that last year. He's gotten some real hate and disdain over this at, this almost said ass eating, this hat eating thing. <laughs> <laughs> he might get some disdain from that too if he did that on the air. Was that a Freudian slip just then? Oh, man. Like, what do you got planned this afternoon? Should I even ask? Hey, I never know. <laughs> hey, you know my, my, my Wednesday nights are usually clear. So. <laughs> I, I, I think it goes back to what we've talked about so many times. I think there are a lot of people out there that just feel the need to hate. And I don't care that Rob didn't eat that hat. Who cares? It, it, was, it was a good little gimmick. It ran its course. He didn't think Punk was going to fight. And he got a good two-year run out of it. So I, it, the only thing I would have done, if I was Rob, I would have probably found an edible hat just to shut everybody up. And I would have sure. eaten the edible hat on there. That's the only thing that he probably should have done that he didn't. Otherwise, who cares that he didn't eat the hat? Before we go, somebody asked, would Rob ever come back? Rob did come back Sunday. He did our show with us. He will be a fill-in here and there. Uh, he just couldn't commit weekly, but uh, love having Rob on. Guys, Fightful.com. 
Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Lucha Underground, New Japan, Evolve. We cover it all. Hey, in the middle of the night, if you're up watching those New Japan shows, we've got live coverage and discussion on it. Uh, if you want access to early access to shows like Matt Riddle's or Shane Helms, or you want to watch shows from former UFC stars, current UFC stars, register at Fightful.com. We have more podcasts than got, got to be any other combat sports site in the world right now. Unbelievable content. My friends, we are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.